Hi, it's Paul O'Donoghue here. I'm with my partner in crime, Alex Chan, affectionately known as Master Chan. And today we're giving you some insights on developing high-performing sales teams. And the very thing we're looking at today is sales evaluations. So, Alex, when, when it comes time to developing sales organizations, why would you evaluate your team? Well, there's a lot of reasons. Um, firstly, I think that one of the problems is that sales is viewed as kind of like a soft skill. Like, you know, because we're dealing with people, we have to just look for our gut feeling and hopefully if we just uh, form good relationships with them, everything's going to be okay. So there's no precise science to the way a lot of people approach this. So to answer your question, uh, to evaluate our team, that will add science to the equation so we can make an informed decision rather than just guesswork. Right, because I guess guessing isn't a good strategy when it comes to developing high-performing organizations? Uh, no, it's not, uh, not not recommended. I mean, how many times have we seen people who have made mistakes where they just try to go through a, a process of elimination, and in the process they uh, miss out on many opportunities, waste a lot of time, pay people to get no results? That's real guesswork, getting nowhere, and it's costing them every day that it's not getting them anywhere. So if, um, if you were to provide sales development for an organization, and um, you know, most CEOs that have growth on their mind would be thinking, first and foremost, their tendency is to lead to train the sales team mm -hmm. when the team aren't performing. But what are the other things like you know, a growth-minded CEO would need to consider over and above just people? Well, first thing I want to say is that I've got to do myself out of a job nearly because I'm supposed right. to be the head of learning, right? Yeah. But if uh, CEOs just go and chuck a course at everybody, well, that's not going to work. Right. Uh, it doesn't work. Why? Because a lot of research has shown that just throwing a course at people will only account for 10% of behavioural change. And that's neither here nor there, I'm sure you will agree. So is it, you mean when you go to a workshop, mm -hmm. like if it's a one or two day, you only retain 10% of that knowledge? That's right. And at right. the very best, you can hope to apply maybe 10% of that knowledge. Uh, so uh, it's, it's not really a, a very a clever way or a very well thought out way of approaching developing our sales team and our sales performance. So what else is required? Well, training is part of it. There's no doubt about that. But there are other components as well, such as what is the sales strategy? What is the leadership like? How do people go about recruiting? What about mindset? You know, a lot of research has shown that 80% uh, of our sales effectiveness actually comes down to our attitude, our mindset. Yeah, fully believe that. Yeah. What, what insights have you found out with your experience, though? Well, absolutely. When it comes down to developing people, often it's um, it, it can be the sales manager that's holding that yes. organisation back from being effective. You know, how many times have we seen sales managers promoted because they were the best salesperson, but you know, um, when it comes time to management, they don't have all the skills and capabilities. It's the old adage that you know the best player doesn't always make the best coach. Mm, yes, and, 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 and indeed they might have been the best salesperson, but they may not necessarily know how to manage, they may not necessarily know how to lead. It doesn't mean that they can't, but it's something we do need to take a look at. Yes, yeah, so I guess, um, you know, when it comes to evaluating your organization, one of the key insights is ensuring that your sales manager is doing everything they should be mm. to grow the sales organization. Absolutely. It's the single biggest, um, position in an organization if you want performance. Yeah, I agree. And I also agree that a lot of the times, that, um, uh, through no fault of their own, the sales manager is quite often part of the problem. As yes. you say, you know, they, they couldn't help it. They were just promoted and bang, they've got it. <laughs> They're holding the baby all of a sudden. 
Uh, but that's precisely why, to answer your first question, why evaluating is so important, because it gives us real clear laser focus on where to target development of both the organization and the sales manager, and also, of course, the salespeople as well. I, I liken it to taking an x-ray when you go to a and um, you can't just prescribe a course of surgery or of, of drugs without firstly doing a diagnostic. Mm. And that x-ray uh, will help us to find exactly where the problem is and then we'll know what to do. And that evaluation is just like that. So by evaluating, you're making more intelligent decisions as to what the bedrock of the problem is. Mm. So getting to the root cause of it, would you say that? Yeah, it does help you to get to the root cause, bedrock, as you say. Mm. You can just pinpoint exactly where the strengths are. Right. You can pinpoint exactly where the weaknesses are. And in both cases, that will give you some guidance on where you need to develop either the whole organization or also the individuals as well. So when you have this data in your hands, uh, would it be fair to say that you're able to make more intelligent decisions as to how to effectively grow your sales organization? If you have the right evaluation. If you have the right evaluation. Yeah. We'll get on to the right evaluation in a minute, yeah. but what about um, your return on investment You know, versus blanket training or just training salespeople mm-hmm. or really wrapping science by understanding your sales force and um, honing in on the things that really need development. Mm-hmm. So what sort of, can you talk to me about the ROI? On training versus Yeah, training versus blanket approach to wrapping science and knowing. Okay, well, um, we tend to find that anecdotally uh, that uh, when people just uh, throw course at, a course at the problem, which as opposed to an x-ray is like a sticking plaster, of course, you might be able to hope for a brief spike in performance. Right. And yeah, you might get your ROI from that, you might not. Uh, but then what tends to happen is we, as humans, tend to return to our innate behavior yes. if it's not been embedded. And especially when the pressure comes on, our go-to place is our natural behavior, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So you see this wee spike in performance, people get all enthusiastic after a course, uh, and then bang, it goes down again after a fairly short period. So the answer to your question is you might get an ROI, you might not. And if you do, it's not sustained. Whereas if you wrap uh, some science around the whole thing, which is the other half of your question, It's sustainable, it gets to the root of the issues, uh, and based on that, uh, you can target a long-term development program. Uh, So the answer to your question is the ROI is far, far stronger over a period of time. Okay, well we touched on evaluation tools mm. and you know we've both been experienced on mm. the types of evaluation tools that I've you can done use. Share, yeah. yeah putting science behind it you know I, I guess the question the audience would probably want to know is what type of evaluation tools are out there uh, what should they be using mm. um, I guess there's a lot of tools out there have you got any insights there or yeah, well, look, there's, there's a lot of um, psychometric tools. Um, yeah. A lot of people get uh, personality profiles, behavioral profiles. All of us have been disc profiled, for example. And, you know, that's a really good evaluation tool. But, uh, look, I actually prefer one uh, that, uh, has been, that has been global and which we've actually been a part of. Yes, uh, and no bias there. No, no, well, <laughs> uh, probably bias now, but only because yeah. it was sold to me on the basis of the results that it gets. Um, and this is by the Objective Management Group, otherwise yes. known as uh, OMG. Yeah. Um, now, OMG, as you, know, as you know, Paul, and for the benefit of our listeners, um, they've evaluated north of 1.3 million people over the last three decades. Now, I think that's a sufficiently big sample size to be deemed scientific, would you yeah, agree? Yeah, absolutely. That is, would be considered the biggest 
research uh, project in the history of selling. I would say so as well. Yeah. And uh, I think, what's the latest number? Over 100,000 sales managers as well? Yeah, well over 100,000 sales managers and yeah. over 15,000 sales organizations. And we've been a big part of that for over the last 13 years. Mm. So this is part of, so what you're saying is we've been part of this global research project. Yeah, yeah we've been doing it for uh, 13 years plus. Uh, globally, it's been going on for 30 years and it keeps on going. Yeah. Um, maybe you'd like to share some other insights that you've found on the significance of this particular uh, uh, method of evaluation. Well, I like the fact that it cuts to the chase. It eliminates guesswork because guessing isn't a strategy. Mm. And it's a benchmark against so many companies globally that we can have we've got the industry norm mm -hmm. so if you if you're ever wondering how you how effective you are as a sales organization we have the insights we have the data that can compare you with thousands and thousands of other mm -hmm. companies that have gone through this process it's the benchmarking and, that i find yeah, very exciting yeah, yeah. and it's accurate for us it pinpoints where the issues are and we can provide a solution around those problems that we we evaluate for. Mm. So in my opinion, in my humble opinion, it saves a lot of money on um, going through a process of elimination and guessing because, mm. you know, sales at the end of the day, it's, um, you know, it's complex. Mm. You've got lots of cogs and wheels that make the sales machine, so to speak, and it's knowing which one to tweak, which one's broken. So, you know, and a sales analysis tool will be able to help you identify uh, what part of your sales machine's broken what's holding you back from growth and helps you make more intelligent decisions as to where to spend your money and your time. Okay, well look, here's a question for you. Um, if you were evaluating your team, say mm. if you're a sales manager, yeah. um, would you be looking for their sales competencies or are there other things that you might want to consider other than just their skill set? Well, the things that you want to consider, competencies, like there are sales evaluation tools out there mm -hmm. that check just for capability. And that's good, but it doesn't tell you whether someone will execute on those skills out in the field. So things that can get away, you, you might know, like for example, if you evaluated me and I was 100% prospecting skills, um, does that mean I'll actually get on the phone and prospect? <laughs> you can show you, you, we can teach people a thousand ways to prospect, but they don't necessarily pick up that phone. So I guess the question is, is well, what holds a person back? So having a tool that really understands whether someone has the willingness to sell, in other words, yep. that applied learning, will they execute it out in the field? Or um, do they lack the motivation and the will and the commitment to actually do that? So that's one piece of the puzzle. So you're talking about motivation? Yep. You're talking about the willingness will. to sell. Are yeah. we talking about a mindset issue here? My, absolutely. As opposed to skill set? Yes. Mm. So there's mindset, there's skill set. The other part of mindset that you want to consider are psychological things that would hold them back. So I might have the willingness to sell, I might have the skills, but there could be some psychological barriers mm. I may suffer from which will disadvantage me from picking up the phone and making those tough calls. Mm. For example, um, cold call reluctance, mm -hmm. you know, or some self-limiting beliefs. I might have this belief system that says, I can't cold call, mm. I certainly can't call the CEOs because I'm not worthy. You know, so there's certainly a whole bunch of baggage that gets in the way mm. from salespeople executing on the skills they know. Well, I, I actually can relate to that personally. I mean, you know, intellectually, I know all of the training and I know how to pick up the phone and how to make a call. But sometimes, Paul, I, I might find myself procrastinating. Maybe it's because I'm thinking, oh, I'm afraid I'm going to look too pushy because I'm following them up yet again. 
That's an example of a mindset issue, isn't it? That is, and how many managers would miss that? If mm. they didn't evaluate you, if we didn't evaluate you, mm. you know, we could send you on prospecting course after prospecting course, hoping at some stage you'd pick up the phone. Mm. So, you know, if we evaluate you and we understand psychologically what's holding you back, that becomes a coaching issue. Mm. We can coach you through that. Or there might be some other psychological barriers or mindset issues that just aren't coachable. Mm. So we wouldn't spend a lot of time on giving you uh, training on hunting mm. because you would be the type of person that just wouldn't transition into a hunting role. So that's an account manager yeah, or something look, like that's that. perfect example yeah. of spending money on the right people mm. once you've evaluated and understand your sales force. So it's a, in, in short, it's um, when you evaluate your sales force, you can quickly see which seats of the bus your people are more suited for, mm. as you mentioned, whether they're hunting, uh, good at hunting, account managing, mm. or or key accounts, key accounts, inside sales. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and inside yeah. sales is another whole skill unto itself, of course. Yes. So, Paul, we talked about. Um, I, I briefly mentioned uh, skill set or competencies. Mm -hmm. uh, we talked about mindset and uh, the importance that that plays. Um, we know, of course, that the evaluation tools that we favour do um, cover both of those. What about matters of strategy? Well, absolutely. You know. Um, what I like about Objective Management Group is it looks at strategy, mm -hmm. people, process, systems. So we can quickly see whether you've got the right strategies. More importantly, if your sales managers are aligned with your strategies, mm -hmm. it's you know we can tell with uh, in seconds of the assessment, mm -hmm. right? If there's alignment, if there's a misalignment, well, we pick it up pretty quickly, and mm -hmm. uh, you're not going to have an effective rollout if people have got a misalignment and strategies. So um, we mentioned process. Mm -hmm. So, you know. Well, that's part of well, strategy. Yeah, a lot yeah. of companies have an um, ineffective process. Mm. So um, by evaluating a good sales analysis will tell you how, how effective your sales process is. I remember reading uh, a comment, um, an article uh, from a national, no, no, it was from Harvard uh, Business School. Right. And they evaluated sales process, and mm -hmm. they said that a, a, a very well-written, uh, milestone-centric process can uh, increase our sales by between 15 and 17 percent. Yeah, look, I've read other cases, it's 17 to 20 percent, yeah. so it's, it's, it's pretty significant. Yeah. As long as you know what you're doing, as long as it's effective, it's milestone-centric, mm. and you have the right management capability to hold people accountable and coach them on that process. Mm -hmm. So we need to find an evaluation tool. I think that we, I think that we probably would agree to that, so we can add some science to the business of increasing or improving our sales effectiveness. I think we've agreed to that. We've agreed that we need to measure sales competencies. Mm -hmm. We need to measure mindset because that mm -hmm. plays a huge role. I love that discussion that we had just now about mm -hmm. psychological barriers. You know, that's just all mindset mm -hmm. stuff. Uh, and also matters of strategy, such as uh, our, our sales process. Are we aligned with the strategy? Uh, one thing you haven't mentioned, of course, is our strategic um, uh, messaging uh, as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, what I do like about the tools we use from an objective management group is it is enabled, en enables us to get clear on whether the salespeople mm -hmm. are clear on strategic messaging. Mm -hmm. So it covers three things. It's um, what is our value proposition? And time and time again, we see inconsistent messages come up because people are, you know, it's not, um, the, the, the strategic messaging isn't aligned within that company. Everyone's having different conversations. So value proposition, uh, elevator pitch, mm -hmm. and 
brand promise. Ah, yes. Yeah. So yes. those three components are obviously important to win the battle of the mind from your prospects mm -hmm. to be able to differentiate yourself because, you know, what happens if you can't differentiate yourself? Mm. You know, it's obviously a price-based conversation. It comes down to price, becomes highly commoditized, everybody screaming me too because they say mm. the same thing. Actually, I have a lot of fun with that one because when I have a group in front of me, we talk about the value proposition. Yeah. Uh, and I say to them, okay, write down your value proposition, but you can't say two words. You can't yeah. say quality yeah. and you can't say service. Right. And everybody gets yeah. stymied because that's what they were going yeah. to say. <laughs> yeah. But of course, the problem is that it, that's what their opposition is saying. Yeah. Hey, look, Alex, so I think it would be fair to say that sales is quite a complicated thing to get right. That's come out loud and clear. Yeah, especially if you're looking to develop a high-performing organization. Mm. Right. So, you know, I guess um, for our, our listeners out there, um, the, the best advice we could give them would be to um, evaluate your team, mm -hmm. remove all the guesswork, get real clear. Like, if you're a CEO, you want to grow top-line sales, and you're not sure what's stopping you, then here's what we're going to do. Here's a deal. If you reach out to the button on this page, there is a complimentary sales force grader. There's just 12 short questions, and it's going to get you really clear on what could be holding you back from your potential, your true potential. But furthermore, it'll give you a fantastic report to read through, give you some insights on how to grow and take advantage of growth in 2018. So I think. What you should do is take some action, click the button, and we'll see you very very soon. What do you oh, think, Alex? Video. Indeed. On the next video. Ciao for now. Good chat with you, Paul. Thank you.